Hey guys, welcome to the number 234 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' loss at home against the Cavaliers, but then previewing, uh, or then I'm sorry, and then recapping their wins against the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers before previewing their matchup tonight at Golden State. Start a little bit of a West Coast trip here for the Wizards. See if they can really, you know, finally start to beat those good teams. Is it just beating, you know, kind of the mediocre tier? Seeing if they can really start to beat good teams. Just really start to get something going here because it's been on and off inconsistency for the Wizards, and I'd like to see them get to the point where they can be consistent. All of that will be covered in today's episode so please subscribe follow share view and let's not waste any time let's get into this hey guys welcome to another episode of whiz talk with chase i am chase cobra So let's start off here by recapping the Wizards uh, Cavaliers game. And in this matchup, to be completely honest, the Wizards really had no hope. Um, they really only had Kristaps Porzingis in this game with Kuzma out, with Beal out. It's really hard, even if those guys were healthy. It would be hard to beat a team like Cleveland with the way they were playing this year. Uh, you know, at the time, 34 and 22. Very good teams they do have. They're all their guys in the starting lineup put up double digits. Uh, of course, you know, most notably uh, being Darius Garland. And surprisingly, Jared Allen uh, was able to get some points on the board. Uh, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. He was just really being a productive player in the paint. I'm not going to lie. When, you know, B or Kuz was out, I'm not expecting Porzingis to carry the Wizards to a victory, but I expect him to carry the team and to shoot 1 of 6 from 3. Uh, three fouls, minus 21, only put up 18 points. Have the other center, who's a much uh, less of a scoring option, put up more points than you. I mean, he did have a terrible game. That was a little concerning. Uh, Daniel Gaffer kind of took advantage of the open opportunities with Porzingis not playing that well. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. Uh, even though he had a minus 13, one of the best plus minuses in the starting lineup. Uh, because, you know. Uh, the Wizards did not have great players in the starting lineup. But overall, the team chemistry, Gafford overall is not the best player on the team or anything close to it. But the team chemistry with Gafford is always very high. And that's just something to look at. For some reason, he's not a shooter. Or for some reason, he stretches the, the, the court and helps people get open. I'm not going to lie. In a game where you know, like he stepped up, but in a game where you really need your, your depth to step up. I mean, Corey Kispert, I mean, one of seven from the field, 26 minutes, two points, unacceptable. Um, first of all, I think it's just classic Wizards, by the way, to see Will Barton. They finally play him some time. They played him 27 minutes in this matchup, 6 of 12 from the field, 15 points, and six rebounds, realizing, okay, a good, decent plus minus, uh, considering the Wizards lost this game by, uh, let's just say a lot. Uh, you know, we don't need to do the math. I mean, I can do the math if you really want me to, but uh, l- let's just say a lot, 23 points, so a lot. Uh, so considering the, the fact that they lost by 23, decent plus minus, it's only, of, of course the Wizards 
see a guy play well, and then immediately buy him out. And I do want to talk about that for a second with this real Bard buyout, because he is going to get bought out if he already hasn't. Uh, that's uh, I haven't heard anything new on that yet. But this just, just it kind of makes me reconsider why we made the trade earlier in the offseason when we got Monte Morris, traded KCP, and uh, Anish Smith. Because it seemed like we got a really good deal. I don't know why we didn't use Will Barton more. I'll be completely honest. Especially once we gave up Rui Hachimura. I don't know why he wasn't a key part of this team. I really don't know. And to be completely honest with you, it's really frustrating. The fact that he wasn't a key part of this team. Because we've seen him play a key role with the Nuggets. Average double-digit points per game. And I kind of feel bad for him. The fact that he's having kind of a portion of his prime. You know, he's kind of at the end of his prime. But a portion of his prime basically being taken away. Uh, because of the Wizards. Um, Lack of um, aggression's a wrong word, but just lack of money to play him. And I don't know why. I don't know if there's something in the locker room. I don't know if he doesn't like the team. I don't know if he doesn't fit with the chemistry well. I don't have that inside information. Uh, maybe like some other Wizards reporters do, because you know I don't. I don't have all the inside things like that. However, what I do know is when you watch Will Barton on the floor, he's a really good player. He can shoot from the outside. He's decent defensively on the perimeter. And this game showed it. He could score the ball when the Wizards need him to, kind of like a stepping in for that Corey Kispert role. So I think personally he would be a really important player for what the Wizards are trying to do, which is make a run at this playoffs and then have that playoff experience, try to win them some playoff series, and gain some momentum for future years to maybe try to build a championship team. Personally, I think getting rid of Will Barton was not that great of a decision. I don't know why the Wizards didn't want to play him. I would have started to play him like they did, and then when he succeeds, keep playing him more. It just really doesn't make sense to me. I'm kind of frustrated by it. Uh, but what can he do? And this game, you know, they really had no hope. I mean, it's just the, the Cavs are really good. And then when you add in all the Wizards injuries, it really wasn't fair. But I, just, I don't know what I think about that Will Barton bio. I just don't think it really was the right move by, by the Wizards. Then you go to the Charlotte game, and the Wizards were able to bounce back, get a win. Beal comes back and plays the kind of basketball that I want to see him play. Uh, if you watch, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Um, Thinking Basketball, I think it is, on uh, YouTube. Uh, he's an amazing guy. He breaks down all the film and all that. And it didn't exactly show anything for the Wizards, but it explained how uh, guys who can't really shoot from the outside can still be really reliable or still be really um, a threat from the three-point line. And it kind of reminded me of how the Wizards are using Daniel Gafford or how they were using Denny Avzia and struggling shooting nights, which is cutting, cutting, cutting. But the key in that is to have a big guy for the pick and roll and then a point guard that can pass. And Morris could do that, but you really need a playmaker as well. And I really didn't know Beal could be that playmaker. And in this game, he was. And we're going to talk about the next game where he put up over 30. Well, it's fun to watch Beal put up over 30 and make all these step backs and play well. I think what's more important for the Wizards, and I think we'll see this more if he does this again once Kuzma comes back because they have all the talent scoring-wise, is for him to be the facilitator. Is for him to, you know, put up 17 and 10 like he did in this game with one steal and three blocks and play well defensively and shoot, uh, not great efficiently from three, but decent uh, efficiency for the field. That's what you need him to do and set up the other scores. Denny Avdia uh, had a great game from this 20 points, 13 rebounds, 8 of 13 for the field, 3 of 5 from downtown. Christoph Porzingis, 36 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. 14 three-point attempts for a center is unbelievable. Yet he made eight of them. Overall, it was all because of Beal and his ability to facilitate. And what was also crazy 
is that DeLon Wright also had 10 assists. And you could see that, and you saw that against the Pacers, too. And I'm kind of combining both of these games because they're very similar, you know, wins against really mediocre teams. They're still in the middle of, like, a rebuilding process. Um, Basically, what the Wizards were able to do is move the ball. They moved the ball really, really well. And that is something to look at here. The, the ball movement was just unbelievable. And when the ball movement is good, and you're going to see this again when Kuzma comes back, they have the scoring talent between Porzingis and and, uh, and uh, Kuzma. Gafford could put some points on the board. He had 13 points, three blocks in this matchup. Corey Kispert was taken out of the starting lineup in this game, but we all know what he could do, um, you know, scoring-wise. Uh, you know, as a threat, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, can always have a good scoring night. And, then, you know, the Wizards have more guys as well. Then, of course, even Beal. But if Beal and they Morris and Wright can be used as these facilitators and the guys that play really good defense, the scoring will come. And, of course, Beal's going to add on a little scoring. He's he's Bradley Beal, guys. He's not he's, It's not like if he does passing, he's not going to score. He's still going to put up 17 points because he's, he's Bradley Beal. Like, <laughs> but the point is that when Beal is being used as the point guard and not the shooting guard, the Wizards succeed more. And while it's good to have a point guard like Monte Morris who can pass, they really need a playmaker. They need the James Harden. When you got a star big, you know, it's really good to have a good guard, kind of like what the Sixers are trying to do right now. They need Beal to kind of be that James Harden for them. And while he's hasn't quite gotten familiar yet to that playmaking role as, you know, a facilitating role, I think he will, and I think it will really help the Wizards succeed. And then, uh, you know, by the way, shout out to holding Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball to just 35 points because I know the Wizards have really struggled with scoring guards this year. So to be able to kind of hold them down, play really good defense, Beal and, uh, and uh, DeLon Wright, I thought that was uh, really good on their part. Shout out to P.J. Washington for having a good game. But if you make P.J. Washington the, the opposition's leading score 99% of the time, 90, I'll say 90% of the time, you're going to win a game, especially if you're a good team. Then this Pacers game, everything went well. Like, everything that could go well did go well. Kuzma was still out, and he is out again tonight. But what a performance all around. Bradley Beal went crazy in the first half. He finished today, 32 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 13 of 18 shooting, 4 of 5 for 3. This is the night he was used as, okay, got me the ball. I, I'm going to score. No one's going to stop me. That kind of night for Bradley Beal. And we've seen seasons where he could average near 32 a game. So while this looks good because of Beal has kind of – lacked on the scoring category, mainly because Porzingis and uh, Kuzma have stuffed up there too, but since we haven't seen Beal play like this in a while, it was kind of fun to look kind of like old times, I guess, you know, and see uh, you know, Beal's really true ability. Porzingis really took advantage of this uh, as well, you know, kind of having a really well-rounded game, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Monte Morris, 70 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 turnover. His assist-to-turnover ratio, uh, you know, you always see it on Fox Sports, like fun fact about a game, Monte Morris is the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the NBA. It really is crazy the way he's able to shoot efficiently and have a good assist to turnover ratio. Daniel Gafford had another 13 points. He's really starting to step up and have a consistent double-digit point role with good rebounds and decent blocks. And when I mean decent blocks, I mean four blocks um, against Indiana and a great team like Miles Turner, one of the block leaders in the NBA. He outdueled Miles Turner, I guess is another way of saying that um, in this matchup. So shout out to DG. Um and then, of course, Corey Kisper played well. Kendrick Nunn played well, which is always – I love seeing Kendrick Nunn play well because I really think he has tremendous potential here in D.C. And then Denny Avdia, another great performance. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block, plus 16, 7 of 8 shooting, 1 of 2 from 3. 
Let me just say this, and I remember uh, Tommy Shepard, the Wizards general manager, in case you do not know who that is, came on to NBC Sports Washington with Chris Miller and, and uh, Drew Good. By the way, shout out to NBC Sports Washington, Chris Miller, Drew Good, that entire crew over there are big fans of them. Uh, you know, it's great to watch them almost every single night for the Wizards. Um, but they had Tommy Shepard on, and Shep- Tommy Shepard was talking about how they really want to start to get Denny to really develop, you know, once you know, Porzing, uh, once Hachimura was shipped out the door. And he did that. And he's really started to play a really productive role. And let me just say this. Since Hachimura was traded, he's playing about 30 minutes a night and averaging 15, 8 rebounds, 50% from the field, 40% from three, one and a half steals while being one of the most productive players on the floor and playing great defense. Denny Avdi has been a completely different player since Ruby Hachimura got traded. And I think this may be the year we expected from Denny. I thought maybe he'd be that point forward, the guy who would bring up the ball. But maybe when he has a point guard, he could just be that catch-and-shoot kind of guy. Because we're learning that if you give him the opportunity, he could develop his three-point shot. I would love to see this continue. Because he's had multiple games now, back-to-back games, shooting over 50% or better from three. Uh, he has some games where he makes all of his threes, some games where he shoots near 50% too. He's really just been having a lot of amazing shooting nights and it's, it's been again a lot of fun to watch him do this and uh, I'd love to continue to see him develop without Hachimura and it, you know without Hachimura he has the opportunity to develop and I think that's a uh, that's such a great thing for a guy for a guy like Teddy Avdia so the Wizards were able to win this game but let's start beating the good teams right like we keep beating these like all right mediocre or even some bad teams let's start with beating some good teams and the Wizards got a little bit of a tough stretch here you go at Golden State tonight against the defending uh NBA champions and then or reigning NBA champions I should say and then you go against a Portland Trailblazers team with Damian Lillard that has been going crazy you literally just lost to them uh, about a week ago so that will be tough in Portland as well before going at Minnesota against a really uh good uh, Timberwolves team. They've been starting to play better recently. So you got a tough schedule. It all starts tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, That matchup does uh, kick off at 10 p.m. Eastern. And in this game, there are a plethora of injuries. So let me fill you in. Kyle Kuzma is out with his, uh, still with his left ankle sprain. And then for the Warriors, Steph Curry is out until the end of the All-Star break. Andre Iguodala is out. Gary Payton just coming back to Golden State's out. Ryan Rollins is out. And Andrew Wiggins was questionable, but he has been uh, upgraded to play. He will be active for this game. And that is a key thing. Without Andrew Wiggins, you really don't have a lot of scores. It would really just be up to Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson. And we're going to talk about them. They can score the ball. But, of course, Wiggins having that extra threat. Um, you know, is very important, of course. For the Wizards, their starting line, I'm sure looked the same about Monte Morris, Brad, with Monte Morris, Bradley Beal. Without Kyle Kuzma, it looks like it will be Denny Avdia uh, filling into that spot, or Corey Kisper, depends on who the Wizards do want to play tonight, depending on the matchups. They may play Avdia off the bench uh, to play, kind of have that matchup against Jonathan Kaminga. So it will most likely be Corey Kispert at that small forward spot next to Beal and Morris in the backcourt. And then in the uh, frontcourt, uh, it will be against Kispert. Porzingis and Gafford at that center spot. As for the Golden State Warriors, and their their lineup does look a little different without Curry. It looks like it would be Jordan Poole to fill into that point guard spot alongside him in the backcourt is Clay Thompson, and then in the front court, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kavon Looney. My prediction, sorry, this episode has been a little longer, and we do have a decent preview here for this game. My prediction, I do have the Golden State Warriors 
winning this game 123 to 117, starting off with my Coburn's catch. And I think the Warriors will beat the Wizards because of their astounding three-point shooting. And the Warriors, even without Curry, have insane three-point shooters. Guys like Clay Thompson, Dante DiVincenzo, etc. And Clay himself will not be guarded that well. It's really hard to guard him. He's averaging nearly 25 points per game over the past 20 days, while shooting 43% from downtown, and just dropped a 42 bomb the other night on 75% three-point shooting. And he's going to be taking shots. He is attempting double-digit three-point attempts this season per game, which is insane. And the Wizards don't really have three-point shooting to match that to really respond. They're 19th at three-point percentage this year. And even though guys we know, like Corey Kisper could shoot, Monte Morris could shoot, Bradley Beal, Porzingis, you know, they shot the blocker and the obvious since, Porzingis, since Hachimura was traded. They aren't just consistent options that you could really go to like the Warriors have. And even though it's just a lame saying, and I hate to say this, um, threes are worth more than twos. And I think the Warriors are going to take a lot of threes, and they're going to make a lot of threes, and I think that's going to be the key difference here. So give me the Warriors uh, to win this matchup in a tight one um, in Golden State. My surprising statement, and I think Denny Avdi and Jonathan Kaminga will go back and forth defensively on the bench unit. Of course, if Denny Avdi comes off the bench. Both of these young talents have, ex- have been exceptional these past few years on the defensive end. Both of these guys, especially Avdi more so than uh, Kaminga, have offensive talent, but what they really value on is getting rebounds, being just a really productive, hard-fought player, and a play really good defense. So I can't wait to see how this matchup uh, works and who scores, who doesn't. Maybe obvious finally locked down by a guy like Kuminga. I just can't wait to see everything that happens in that matchup. But I think it will go back and forth defensively. I think both of them will make a lot of great defensive plays in this matchup. Spread time, the war- the Warriors are four-point favorites, over under 234.5. I would pick the over, and I would pick the Warriors. I would also have Warriors as four-point favorites, but I have my over under 238.5. Would still pick the over, would still pick the Warriors. Fantasy outlook, I have Jordan Poole getting 55 to 65 fantasy points. I have Christoph Porzingis getting 55 to 60 fantasy points. I have Clay Thompson getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. And I have Bradley Beal getting 45 to 50 fantasy points. What fluctuation do you put on that percentage? And I think ESPN giving the Warriors a 56.4% chance of winning makes a ton of sense. The Warriors, even without Steph Curry, are a better team than the Wizards, and I think we all know that. And they are at home in this matchup. As I mentioned, they have great shooting, and they're going against a really, let's be honest, mediocre shooting defense with the Washington Wizards. And having great scoring guards like Thompson and Jordan Poole to give this Wizards defense trouble because we know they can't really guard defensive guards. I think that is a key key factor here, too. So I think this percentage makes sense. I'd give it a period. And last, but certainly not least, who you got? I think Jordan Poole will have a great game against Washington. He has 20 points in all four, in, the, in his last four matchups against the nation's capital basketball team, most recently putting up 32 points in D.C. But now with Curry out, he will be the primary dribbler and ball handler. And if you've listened to Wiz Talk with Chase, watched the Wizards this season, or done a combination of both, you know the Wizards have severe trouble guarding scoring guards like Poole. I say he finishes the day with 34 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, no blocks, 9 of 15, 60% shooting for the field, 7 of 9, 3 point shooting, that's 77.7% from downtown, and make 9 of 10 free throws, that's 90%. He did lead the league in free throw percentage last year with 92.5%. He will have 2 turnovers, but overall have a really good game and lead the Warriors back over to five, back over 500.
Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. It was a longer one. Let's see if the Wizards can finally start beating some good teams here uh, on this as they kind of go into a little bit of a road trip here on the West Coast. Uh, link in the description. I started a new show with Matthew Heiserman, who was on here one time, and then Ryan Sussinger, uh, host of Sofo Sports, and then Jacob Monty, uh, our good friend as well. Uh, you know, we're all coming together. Sports for kids. Link in the description. We're having about a 45-minute, one-hour show once a week, kind of like a podcast style, but on YouTube where we kind of we talk sports this week it's going to be about the NFL re- reacting to the Super Bowls all NFL we're going to be talking about NBA when March Madness happens we're going to be talking about that NFL draft NHL playoffs uh, NBA playoffs everything is going to be on there so you do not want to miss out on that to so link in the description to that link in the description to everything else uh, that I do run my Super Bowl preview channel I say my Super Bowl preview channel my channel where I did have a Super Bowl preview so we got a lot of stuff going on all the links in the description hope you guys did enjoy this episode if you did subscribe follow share view enjoy the game tonight and of course as always I will see you guys next time peace <laughs>